The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. As he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, What well, is not this man? It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with the saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with mud and said to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. They brought, the Pharisees to, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was the Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, He put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him, since he has opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. They answered him, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? And they cast him out. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning is the Holy Gospel from John chapter 9 that we read just a few moments ago. And while we actually just selected verses from chapter 9 today for our lesson, I encourage you today to go back to John chapter 9 and read this entire account of this healing. Well, we are halfway through our sermon series, The Way of the Cross, this Lenten season, so it is time to quickly recap just a little bit to help us see a pattern. Thus far, we have witnessed Jesus, according to the will of the Father, successfully suffer through great hunger and the temptations of Satan. These temptations were simply Satan's attempt to blind Jesus from the love of the Father so that he would become an unworthy sacrifice for our sins. Satan failed. Two weeks ago, we had the story of Nicodemus, and we saw the blindness he suffered from, a lack of faith. And from this, we learned that faith comes from above. We do not generate our own faith. 
Last week we saw Jesus' encounter with the Samaritan woman at the well, and here we learned that Jesus enters into our everyday lives to deal with our souls that are suffering from a blindness that is caused by our own sin. It is Jesus who provides us the living water of faith that refreshes us and then wells up into a stream of living water that we can then share with others. Today, Jesus heals a man born blind. Now, as Jesus stops to help this man, his disciples give an honest inquiry. This question has been a theological meandering for centuries. Scripture teaches that there are times when we receive punishment for our sins, and it also teaches that sin is wrought upon future generations by parents. Disciples are simply trying to clear up a known question. But Jesus doesn't answer their query but rather announces that this blindness is for another purpose. This miracle, unlike so many of his other miracles where he tells people to be quiet, this one is to be public. This miracle will not only heal this man, but it will glorify God in heaven, for many will see the power of God at work through Jesus Christ. This miracle is a light That is meant to go. Go beyond this moment. It has work to do. For sometimes blindness is more than just a physical ailment. Jesus puts mud on the man's eyes and he sends him to a pool to wash. The man does so, and he is healed. Neighbors and friends who hear of this man's miraculous healing cannot decide how to categorize this event. So, as is custom, they take him to the Pharisees for a public pronouncement regarding his healing. But the Pharisees are in disagreement. It could be an act of God. It could be an act of deception because Jesus healed this man on the Sabbath. After all, Scripture warns us that miracles and healings are not necessarily proof that one is from God. So where do we go from here? Well, we go back. We go back to what Jesus says is the purpose of this miracle. This miracle is not to forgive sins. This miracle is to give visibility to the power of God at work in Jesus. And what has it displayed thus far for us? A man who was born blind now sees. Pharisees, neighbors, and friends have heard of this man's witness about Jesus. It has created quite a stir and will most likely be a future topic around the entire town. And Jesus is proclaimed to be a prophet, both to the Pharisees and to all who hear this man. Much like the woman at the well last week, 
who went and told everyone in her town about the one who knew everything about her. We have a new witness this week. One who uses few words to tell people what he knows about Jesus. His testimony is simple. Jesus is the source of this miracle. Go seek him. He points only to Jesus. And through this miracle, Jesus now pursues the Pharisees. Their disagreement is a call from God to believe in his son. Yet even when Jesus sends one to wash to receive his sight and then proclaim the goodness of God towards his people, some will remain in their blindness, their blindness of unbelief. So how do we gauge whether or not we might be suffering from a blindness of unbelief? It seems unlikely, doesn't it? After all, we believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, and we call Him Lord. We believe that He has come down from heaven, become incarnate. That he has lived the perfect life and has willingly sacrificed himself on the cross for our sins. We believe that he has been raised from the dead. That he has defeated death itself. So what might be our blindness? Well, before we broach that subject, we actually need to pause right here and recognize that as God's people, all of us are going to experience moments of spiritual blindness. This side of heaven, if you draw breath, it is going to happen. Yet a moment of spiritual blindness does not mean that you are lost to heaven, for you have faith. Additionally, just because you believe, it does not mean that you are not going to have trouble in this world. For Jesus was succinct. In this world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if you have sorrow in your life, you can be rest assured that you can have sorrow even while you are surrounded by a peace. A peace that is only brought to you by Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And the promise that he is coming again to make all things new. For the peace that passes all understanding is only found in our Savior, Jesus Christ, alone. But our journey together, that is summarized in our new strategic plan entitled Awakening Hearts, presupposes that there is some spiritual blindness within us that needs to be dealt with. As believers, this reality should not bring us despair, for the moniker Awakening Hearts is an invitation to experience the joy that we will receive when God sends His Word, either through a person or through music or a Bible study or devotion, or even a sermon, 
to further open up our eyes and remove our blindness to the reality of God's love and His grace for us. So, looking through the lens of God's love for you, what might be your blindness at this moment? Now, I cannot answer that question for you, but I can ask you a few questions. Are you taking time to reflect upon both the joys and the tribulations of life, taking care to look at them through the lens of God's love for you? Do you see how he might be at work to keep you from straying or to keep you from things that might land you into trouble? Are you paying attention to the people who are coming into your life and what people are telling you? Are you looking for new ways to explain to people that you love them while you continually warn them about danger? Now I am hoping that that last question perked up your ears. There's something I want you to see in our lesson. Remember that this is a public miracle. Jesus sends this man to the pool at Siloam, which actually means one who is sent. And when the custom and the laws of the day bring this man to Jesus' enemies, Jesus loves his enemies through the witness of this man. This man brings testimony of God's love for his people. Jesus is pursuing his enemies with a proclamation of the truth of who Jesus is so that they might hear and believe and turn. Turn away from destruction to receive the life that Jesus intends them to have. Jesus loves the Pharisees. Are you aware that you are sent to love your enemies by bearing witness to them about Jesus Christ? Are you aware that Jesus sends you to bear witness about him to his enemies? Our Savior has commanded us to make disciples of all nations, and he bids us to go and tell others. How many did you tell last week? How many didn't you tell last week? I'd wager that this is part of our collective blindness, isn't it? We hear, we believe, and we sit still hoarding the good news as if it is only ours. Yet we are healed by Jesus through the waters of our baptism. We are sustained by His holy word and His sacraments. And then sent on our way with this wonderful gift 
which we are meant to share, to give witness. And we often remain silent. Why? Most likely because we are blind to our fear of suffering. We listen to these lies of Satan and we often decide it is better to remain silent and to suffer for bringing the news of God's love to others. Only blind people make such choices. This Lenten season, our theme is the way of the cross. The way of the cross is necessarily a way of suffering. For Jesus, it actually means the cross. For us, it is the suffering that comes with the presentation of the good news of Jesus Christ. Our theme this day is Jesus and the broken. Despite the continued rejection of Jesus, Jesus pursues the broken. This man that Jesus sends is, sends is later expelled from the synagogue, and Jesus seeks him out. That's why I want you to read the entire chapter. Jesus seeks him out and brings him into the kingdom of God. What a great trade! Like the man born blind, Jesus has now healed us and sends us to his enemies. He arms us with the very power of God's word in our witness for Jesus. He gives us his very spirit, which is not a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. And when we fail, Jesus reminds us that he has not failed us. He continues to love us and he calls us to restoration through his word, through confession and absolution and his sacraments. He has proved his love for you. For while you were an enemy of God, he took up his cross and went to Mount Calvary so that you would not suffer eternal separation from the Father. In our epistle lesson today, Paul reveals that God now calls us to live in that light, the light of his love and his forgiveness. So do not fear. You have a Savior. Your faith in Him is a gift from above. It is not something that you generate or grow. It's something that you feed with worship and study and conversation. Your faith is a work solely of the Holy Spirit. And because of that very fact, you no longer have to trust in you. For your everlasting future with God the Father is safe and secure in Christ Jesus.
Your job now is to receive his faith, to feed it through worship and study, and then act upon it by loving one another and sharing Jesus with your corner of the world, always trusting in God's mercy and grace to carry you through all the way to life everlasting. No matter how you may fail or what you may suffer and endure. Jesus has paid for your sins. You are free. You are free from the effects of sin on your life. You have an eternal life that has already started in Christ Jesus. And until Jesus comes again, he will continue to work to remove our blindness so that we might not only be brought into his kingdom and kept safely there, but so that we might also proclaim his gospel that will do its work to bring others to him. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now the peace that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.